got your Bibles, make sure you're in 2 Samuel chapter number 9. <clears throat> I, I didn't get in trouble, but um, the other day we were talking and I was telling somebody that I like to do series and sometimes they end up, you know, further than, than I thought they originally should and they end up being, instead of four weeks, 12 weeks. <laughs> you, and some of you may not know what I mean. But in that, Lori said, and then sometimes he'll recap and he goes through the whole message again and then he gives us another part. Well, I, I am going to recap this morning's message. I know you most, if I'm not mistaken, all y'all are here except for maybe Miss Hannah. I don't think I saw her this morning. But we're talking about the testimony of Mephibosheth. And in this, we allowed Mephibosheth, allowed our imaginations to kind of take us in places that maybe Mephibosheth might have stood up in a congregation and testify. And in doing so, he told us about his history and all of the ups and all of the downs in that. And then he began to tell us about his handicap and how that he was broken up, how he was made lame or smitten when he was just a little lad running for his life. Then we talked about his house and how that it was there in Lodibar. And we talked about those men that kind of didn't hold him captive, but gave him gave him a home and protected him. But in that also the the hands of the kingdom has now changed. And because he was in Lodibar, it got to where he was not only in hiding, but it got to the point where he was fearful. And one day, there was a servant sent there, and you can read the text, and you'll find that he was fearful of his life. And so with that said, I want to get right back in the Scripture. And this morning, we read a text out of chapter 9, verse 1, 2, and 3. But tonight, if it's all right, I just want to read verse number 5 and verse number 6, and then I'll give you what I've written out this evening. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, thy servant. Now, again, if you'll, if you'll help me tonight, we'll get out of here. But I give you this thought. This is part two of the testimony of Mephibosheth. Now, tonight, very first and foremost, I want us to notice his fetching. Now, this blessed my heart as I thought about trying to type it all out uh, this afternoon, but I just decided to go right on ahead and just write it out. So, uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of extras. There's just several pages that I've written. And I hope it'll be a blessing to you. I sat there on the bedroom. Lights were off and I was just writing. And as the family was doing their own things, tears began to go down my face because I knew what was in my heart. And, uh, and I can just imagine the joy that may be inside Mephibosheth's heart. As somewhere along the line, he may have done just exactly what we are imagining today and given his testimony. And so, number one tonight, I want us to know his fetching. You see there in verse number five, Then King David sent and 
fetched him out of the house of Machir, uh, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Now, if you're not careful, you'll get to notice some types in this thing, and uh, it will bless you more than you ever thought it would. Because we got a father that's lifted and is listed, his name is Jonathan. Then you have a friend, or in, in the typology, a type of Christ, in David. And then in old Ziba, you got a type of the Holy Ghost being sent to fetch somebody. And I'm about to kick the back end out of my choir robe because I'm thanking God. <laughs> I'm thanking God for the day that God, through Christ, sent the Holy Ghost after me and fetched me. Amen. But we look at his fetching, and uh, I, I kind of wrote this in the in the in the words that I think uh, Mephibosheth may have said. So I may stumble over some things, and it's in cursive, and I can't hardly read what I've written. Uh, but in the stead of the king, instead of the king leaving his palace and coming to Lodibar himself, uh, he instead of sending an assassin to take out the very last member of the previous king, King Saul's line, instead of doing those things, he sent a servant. Instead of doing that, if you will, he sent a chauffeur. Instead of sending someone with a bow and arrow, he sent someone with a horse and a wagon or a chariot. And it wasn't to take him down to the poorhouse. It wasn't to take him to the prison, but it was to take him to the palace. Amen. And uh, then the king, he didn't just send a message saying, All right, Mephibosheth, I know you're the last of the line. I want you to come to me. But thank God the king sent away. He made a way for Mephibosheth to come to him. Amen. And uh, if I can get outside of the outline, I was going to wait until the end. I'm glad that the that God of all glory, as I mentioned this morning, loved us so much that He sent His only begotten Son. There's that picture of David sending or being sent, but then there's the servant as that picture of the Holy Ghost coming to where you and I are. But I'm glad that here in this picture that I'm trying to draw for you, uh, David sent a servant uh, to draw him to make a way for Mephibosheth to come to the palace. And I'm glad this evening uh, that God did just that on the day that you and I got saved. He made a way for us to go to Him. And so I could imagine maybe as Mephibosheth is telling this story, and he's already told us about his history, he's told us about his handicap, he's told us about his home and all the doom and all the gloom. Uh, but then I could imagine as a, a, a smile may have come across his face and he begins saying, oh, but listen, church, uh, there was a fetching. There was a time when King David sent for me and though I could not go to where he was, he came to me. I can imagine this evening if Mephibosheth was standing before us saying that there's no way that I could make it to him. I'm crippled on both of my feet. I'm lame. I've been smitten. I've been stricken. Uh, there's nothing in or of myself that could ever get to where the king is. Although I'm unworthy, though I was undesirable, the king wanted me and sent someone to fetch me. Number two, I can imagine as he began to go on down in his story and he began to say uh, there in verse number seven, 
He's, well, let's just kind of go back to verse 6. Uh, Mephibosheth fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, I don't remember if the, if the, uh, uh, do Russell sing the song or not. I feel like they do. That song, he knows my name. I think somebody sang it at Camp Canaan. It's kind of fresh, kind of fresh. Uh, the COVID made my brain like a sieve and stuff will fall out. It wasn't too good before then. Come on. But uh, ever since then, it's been a mess. But I'm glad that he knows my name. And as far as we know, brother Jody, there hadn't been one time that David has ever met Mephibosheth up until verse number three or four of this chapter. He never knew that Jonathan even had had a son, but at the first sight, he knew who he was. What about that? I'm glad that God knows who we are. I'm thankful in spite of all of the things from this morning, those handicaps and where we were and all. I'm glad this evening that God knows. He said, Mephibosheth. <laughs> he said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. Yes, Lord, it's me. I'm glad for the day that God called my name. Uh, there was a whole lot of drawing before the day that I got saved. But on that day, I, I firmly believe this, on that day, I could hear His voice clearly calling my name. And I'm glad to report today uh, that on April 24th, 1992, I may not have said the words that Mephibosheth said, Behold thy servant, but I not only heard, but I answered His call. Amen. Then we look next at His feasting in verse number 7. Mephibosheth is telling his story. He says, I remember when David said, Fear not, for I will show, surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Now you remember, you remember that Mephibosheth lived in Lodabar. Remember, I broke down that word and I said it means no pasture. There was no pasture. There was no bread. I was talking this morning. I was talking about fresh milk. No fresh milk. There's no pasture. Guess what? There's no cows. There's no, there's no fresh milk. There's no bread to be had. They're not growing grain. They're not growing corn. Any or all of the fruit trees, they've done dried up. They gotta go down to the river Jordan, or they gotta find up to the Sea of Galilee, or they gotta go down to the Dead Sea and try to figure out how, where they can import all of these things from. But somehow or another, even though he was down here in Lodabar, and possibly for about 30 years, now the king has prepared a feast for Mephibosheth. And I can imagine as Mephibosheth, maybe he was carried in and he was placed at the table and maybe he was picked up from, from in front of David at this moment in time. I don't know exactly how it must have been, but I could imagine as he looked across that table, he probably saw things that he had never seen before. Uh, if he was five years old in the palace, when he heard about Jonathan, uh, maybe for 25 years being in Lodabar, he remembered those tables and he remembered the feasts 
that Saul and Jonathan would throw uh, or would have and those parties that they would throw. And I'm sure in the loneliness of Lodibar, in the, in maybe not the wickedness, but in, in that place where you're so far of everything, I can imagine how his, his mind may have went back. And now here he is. He's standing before the new king. He's already been told that because of his father, he's going to be shown kindness. And then he says, I want you to feast at the table. I can imagine that there was so much food uh, that he couldn't even believe his eyes. I can imagine as he thought um, that maybe his last meal, how that he just had a couple, maybe a couple olives or or some stale piece of bread that they found from somewhere. And they made do with what they had. Uh, but now here was a table uh, that stretched from one side of the hall to the other, had chairs all the way down the sides and at both ends. Here was a, a table that had probably some sort of an animal that had been uh, grilled or somehow or another on the on the fire, and there was vegetables, and there were fruits, and there were cheeses, and there was wine, and there was all kinds of anything that he wanted was right there, and it was for the taking. I can imagine that this was more than he could ever dream of. He said that was a feast there. He said not only. Not only was there a feast, he said, but at this feast, there was, there was all of these, all this food, all of these chairs, all of this stuff. He said, and I looked at those chairs and, and I saw, and he said, well, I could, I could, I could see, there's a chair for Joab. There's a chair for Michael. There's a chair for this one and there's a chair for that one. There's, there's David's chair. There's the king's chair. There's, I just, on down the line, I could imagine how, but he says, you know, I, I just don't know, where am I gonna sit? And I could imagine how David said, now, now you have a place too, Mephibosheth, and it's right here. Maybe right in the middle, Miss Irene, maybe right in the middle on one side, there was, a, maybe right beside the king, I don't know exactly how it may have worked, but he had a prepared, not only a pre- prepared place, but he had a prepared uh, seat at the table. And I could imagine as we're looking, as we're listening to Mephibosheth give his testimony, how tears may have overwhelmed him. And he remembered that little table that was pushed up against the window, just trying to get a little bit of light uh, to, to light his little meal of leftovers or scraps, whatever he could scrounge together. And now there was more than he could ever think about. All these chairs there, but he has a place. I can imagine all of the mighty men of David, how that they were there and they put their swords maybe on the table, maybe behind them on the floor. They had to be in reach. That's what they did. But I can imagine as he was taken to his place, how he felt maybe so unworthy. And I remember the day that I got saved. I remember getting up. I told my mom, my, 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 my sister, my daddy had come in from somewhere. I told him. I picked up the old black phone that we had in the shop and it had those, that rotary dial on it and I called my pastor. And my pastor, he wasn't one for a conversation. He wasn't very friendly, if I could say that. He was like, monks and residents. And I said, preacher, I just got saved. He said, pardon? That ain't a blessing. I wanted him to get as excited as I was. I told him who I was, and he said, well, amen. 
Welcome to the family. I hung up the phone. It didn't matter what he said. God had already said all he needed to. So it, it, it kind of bothers me now. I kind of hacked off about it. But it didn't bother me right then. I was too drunk in the Holy Ghost. But here's, here's Mephibosheth. And he's, he's just come from nothing. And now he's quite literally given a, a place in a palace. He's literally been given anything that he wants. Here's the feast that's been thrown. Here now is your place at the table. We go out to eat and my girls will say, I'm going to sit beside Mama. I want to sit beside Daddy. And every once in a while, I want to sit beside Mama. And I'm like, no, y'all going to sit out in the yard. Me and her are going to sit beside one another. And I could imagine how how here was Mephibosheth. And he says, I don't have to sit. I don't have to sit by myself any longer. I don't have to sit in hiding. I don't have to sit over by the window with, with hardly nothing. Now, I could sit in the presence of the king because he has prepared a table for me. He's prepared a place at the table for me. He's prepared a feast for me. Boy, could you imagine as he began to tell about this feast. Then we look lastly and we see Mephibosheth's future. Number three, notice his future. If you look at the end of verse number 7, he says, I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan. I'll give you all the land that belonged to Saul. And he says, Thou shalt eat at my table continually. If you were given a, a, a large gift of any, any kind, you would do probably what uh, Mephibosheth said there in verse number 8. Especially if you knew you didn't deserve it. Especially if you knew that, that you came from nothing and you were not worthy of such a gift. He says, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? The king said to Ziba, He said, I've given unto thy master's son all that pertained to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land. Thou shalt bring in fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, this always kind of confused me. I, Brother Samuel, I, it kind of confused me. He said, I want you to till the land. I want you to bring the food in. He said, so that your master's son, that's Mephibosheth. He said, so that he may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth shall, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. He said, his, his little, his house is going to be filled with anything that he wants, but I've already given the invitation and I expect him to be at my table. He says, he says continually. So if I could say it like this, as long as Mephibosheth was alive, he was to be eaten at the king's table. Folks, I need you to understand tonight that God has a feast. He has a place prepared. We know that. But as long as you're alive, God wants you at his table. And when you breathe your last breath, and I don't have all the answers, but when you breathe your last breath, God's prepared a place for us on the other side of this thing. And we're going to, quite simply, Brother Stanley, we're going to change places, we're going to change tables, and we're going to be with Him. Amen.
So we look at this and and we see that that uh, Mephibosheth's soul is literally shaken because David said, as long as you live, you're going to eat at my table. Then the king, Mephibosheth, may have said, he not only gave me all these things, but then he appointed a servant. He says, well, well, not just one, but in all actuality, he sent he gave me thirty six servants. The Bible says there in verse number, uh, I believe it's verse number 10, he says that Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. So when you add those up in Ziba, that's tw- uh, 36 servants. He says, I had nobody in Lodabar except me and my little boy. That's all we see. There was nobody really taking care of him. There was nobody to, to, uh, to, to join him in any type of fellowship. It was just him. It was just his son. But now I have a servant at all times. It seems to me like this may be a picture of the Holy Ghost, that comforter. Jesus says, I've got to go away, but I will send you another comforter. And he will be with you. You see, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, when the Scripture quotes from Deuteronomy and says that I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Yes, that is God talking back then. Uh, it is no doubt pointing back to Jesus Christ. But the reason He can say that is the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost of God or the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. So we are never forsaken. Mephibosheth may have experienced this because Ziba was there at all times. He said, I've got a place at the table. Now I can fellowship with the king. He says, now I have somebody with me at all times. And he says, it's all because of my father. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't picking up what I'm putting down. Everything that he's experienced in chapter number 9 is not just the goodness of David. It is because of the covenant between David and Jonathan. He says, is there any left of the house of Saul that, that I may for Jonathan's sake show kindness? This morning or this evening again, because of the, the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, we not only have somebody with us, we not only have a preparation, a place that's prepared, but I'm glad that it's all because of the Father. The the God so loved the world. Because of that, we like Mephibosheth can say, yeah, I, I understand what he's saying. I was lonely. I was, I was unworthy, but, but God sent someone to me. And the Holy Ghost, he prepared a way by the Son to come to the King, to come to God. This evening, I'm glad for the fact that there is a future for Mephibosheth, but also you and I have have a future. One more thing about this, I could imagine Mephibosheth saying, you know, every time I wanted to go to the table, I couldn't get there on my own. Remember this morning I told you it's possible that he was so lame, Brother David, that someone had to physically pick him up and carry him to the table. Carry him to wherever he wanted to go. Brother Jim, somebody had to pick him up and, and if you've ever seen someone, maybe a, a, a quadru, 
paraplegic. I'm, I believe I'm saying that right. Their, their muscles have atrophied. They're just little bitty. Oh, just it breaks my heart. And I could imagine maybe as his legs that hadn't been used since he was just a wee little boy. Just, I mean, there was no control over him as this servant picked him up. And there was, there was no way that he could do anything. He couldn't run. He couldn't walk. He couldn't limp. He couldn't do anything except drag himself across the floor. So every time he wanted to, to go somewhere, he had to call for that servant. And honey, you and I, every time we want to do anything, we're going to have to go in the strength of God, but it's going to come through the Holy Ghost. And that servant picked him up and he took him over there to the table and he put him, put him in that chair. And then he, he, he maybe grabbed his napkin and put it on his, on his lap there and sat him up straight and grabbed that chair and, and pushed him up to the table. And any passers by looked and said, well, there's Mephibosheth. He's sitting at the table. Maybe a stranger came by and said, well, who is that? Well, that's Mephibosheth. He's lame on both his feet. That's what verse 13 said. Really? I couldn't tell. I don't see anything wrong with him. Well, you're not looking under the table. You see, there's, there's handicaps, Kaylee, in all of our lives. There's problems in all of our lives. But I could hear Mephibosheth saying, you know what? David, the king, has seen that servant every time I've come to the table, carry me in and set me at that table and push my chair in because there was no strength whatsoever in me to do it on my own. But not one time has the king ever acknowledged my handicap. You see, when you and I are invited to the Father's house and our sins are forgiven, all of our shortcomings, all of our handicaps, they're as though they never were. God never brings those things up. Now you better know, if there's sin in our life, God's going to bring it up. But if He's forgiven it, he is also forgotten. And they'll never be remembered against me anymore. I can imagine his tears maybe strolled down Mephibosheth's face as he was remembering, looking at his king, looking at his father's best friend, whom he made a covenant with. He said, I don't deserve to be here, but I thank God for my father's love to this man. And this man's love for me. And he put me in a place that I was unworthy to be here. But now I'm sitting at his table and he does not care that under this garment and under this table where no one else can see, I'm crippled. I can imagine tonight as he thought about his lameness and he thought how that the king never mentioned it. I could imagine as he said, you know, it's almost like he looks at me like I'm his own son. If you look with me in verse number 11, Ziba in verse 10 is told what to do. Then he says unto the king in verse number 11, According to all that my Lord the King hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. 
you and I the day that we got saved. Born again, you the day, the day that you and I got saved or born again or birthed into the family, whatever you want to call it. God started looking at us as His only children. Or His own children, rather. Sons, daughters. Adopted into the family. I love, I love the thought of adoption because there's people that are adopting little babies, little boys, little girls that are crippled. They can do absolutely nothing on their own. And it's for no fault of their own that they are crippled. But God brings up parents that can overlook those handicaps and that can bring them into their own home and love them like their, their own children. And I'm glad in Romans where he says we have the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I'm glad that God the Father is able to do just that. He's able to draw us unto Himself. And He overlooks He overlooks our history. He overlooks our handicaps. He overlooks our homes and all of the fallacies of our homes. Then He begins to prepare a feast for us. Jesus said in John 14 that I have prepared a place for you. In Revelation, we read about the marriage supper of the Lamb. There is a feast awaiting the bride of Christ. Then, not only do we see that feast, but we also see the, what was, what was number two. We see his what? His, or his fetching and his feasting. And then because of those things, we, we have a future. You, if you're not careful, you'll read in a couple chapters and you'll see some things that's talking about and uses the name Mephibosheth. There's actually two Mephibosheths there in Scripture, so don't get confused. Mephibosheth, this one, was faithful to David as long as he lived. Now, Ziba, on the other hand, this is where the typology of the Holy Ghost and Ziba falls apart. Ziba turned on Mephibosheth. And Ziba tried to betray Mephibosheth. But David wouldn't allow it. Mephibosheth also has another name earlier in First or 2 Samuel, I believe. And it is the word Meribel. It's the same man. This Mephibosheth and Meribel. And because of the connotations of that, having the word Baal, B-A-A-L, the false god, Scholars have said that his name was changed to Mephibosheth. If you remember this morning, I mentioned um, Isbosheth. And Isbosheth was the same. His name was changed from one name to the other because of the connotation of Baal. But what both of those means is, I told you this morning about um, Mephibosheth and how that Mephibosheth means that he is going to kind of obliterate or overcome shame. That Maribel means a, uh, a destroyer of Baal. So kind of the same name, but, but completely different as far as the smell it, spelling. But if you, if you look at some of these things and you see these, it, it, you get confused because you think he's talking about two people at first. He's talking about one. And then you realize later on in the book of Second Samuel, you think he's talking about one person. He's talking about two different people. With that said, I'm glad as far as Maribel and Mephibosheth, I'm glad, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago at the graduation 
Sunday morning service. I'm glad that, that my name has stayed the same, but God has changed who I am. No longer am I recognized as a son of this world, but now a son of God. This evening, I hope that you have thought about the day or the, the time that you got saved. And I hope that it's encouraged you. It's blessed me. And, and no one knows more than this preacher how awkward some messages may be. No one knows more how much the preacher wants to get up here and just preach and stomp and snort. But then sometimes you gotta calm down and you gotta have some of these teaching moments. But I'm glad that the story is still true. We all have a history. We've all got things that we're not proud of. But once we were born again, God took all those things and He gave us something even better. And it started, Kaylee, with Him fetching us. It started with Him sending the Holy Ghost after us and drawing us unto Himself. I'm glad of that this evening. Let's stand.